What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. Hope everybody's having a tremendous day. The gift of today, of course. Um, recently, I, um, you know, I was thinking, I was talking with one of my one of my boys, and uh, you know, we were talking about how how different things could have went, you know, and you know, just being like grateful for uh, a lot of the shit that could have happened that didn't happen. And in my story, I mean, listen, there was a lot of, I had a lot of bottoms, you know, really bad bottoms. But I, I think, I don't think, I know for a fact that there was some other things left for me to do, you know, and I like to call these the yets, you know, there was a lot of yets that come into play. Um, and, you know, I think it's really easy to forget how bad things not only, not only how bad that they were, but how much worse it could have gotten. And to be honest, things can always get worse. And there's always, you know, there's always yes, there's always things to, to come that luckily never transpired. And I'm, and I'm hoping that if maybe you're young or maybe you're a high functioning addict or alcoholic and, and you haven't hit certain bottoms. I mean, listen, that's a, that's a good thing. But if you don't create leverage within yourself and you don't recognize that things can develop and things can get to a worse position, if you're not aware of that, eventually they will, you know? And it's like, for me, one of the biggest, yeah, it's right. Like I, I, did not become homeless, right? But I was right there. I was right on the verge of becoming homeless. Um, another yet was I, I didn't go to prison, right? But I was very, very close to, you know, I did six months in jail and, and the, the charges that I was looking at were really serious. Like it was no joke, you know? And I was extremely lucky that I didn't end up in prison. I was extremely lucky that, um, you know, there were some, there were some people in my life that still had my back, right? Like I didn't lose my family yet, but that was coming. And I want you to, you know, it's really important to think about not just how bad things are right now. If you're not clean, you know, if you if you aren't in recovery yet, or you're on the cusp and you're thinking about it, it's like, this shit is real. Like things can get really bad, really fast. And it doesn't take much. A lot of kids right now, they're get they're just getting into the pill game. You know what I mean? They're just getting into the pills. They think it's, uh, you know, all fun and games. But a lot of these kids, they haven't realized, they haven't seen how dark it can get quickly, you know? It starts off with buying a pill or two here and there. And then eventually you get to three or four a week, you know, and then the weekends turn into, oh, well, you know, today's Monday and school kind of sucks. So I'm just going to take a pill to, to take the edge off and to get through the day easier. And it's slowly but surely, you know, it builds and pills turn to heroin real quick. You know what I'm saying? Um, Xanax that you're taking every once in a while it turns into, uh, now you're buying them, you know, now you're buying them in, in quantity 
on the street. And really what you're getting, it's not even true Xanax. And uh, overdoses happen very easily, you know? And you just get to whole, you just get to bottoms, man. Like as our addiction progresses and these quote unquote, these yets uh, start to come true, we get further down the rabbit hole of addiction and it's like you start to you start to change completely who you are and things that you didn't think were possible of happening they end up slowly but surely happening it's like one thing at a time it's your your intake starts to increase you start to hang around different types of people um it starts to become on your mind a lot more you start to lose more control that maybe you had in the beginning you start to steal from people your morals start to change all of these were yets at one point you know when you first take a hit of a blunt or something like that before you get high for the first time before you get drunk for the first time you couldn't even you couldn't even imagine where it actually ends up you know and it slowly creeps on us people don't think people don't when you first start getting high, you don't think that you're going to end up in jail four years from now or a couple years from now. People don't think that they're going to rob from their family or their friends or that they're going to have a completely new set of friends because the old, the old set of friends who were actually good people didn't get high anymore. So you start to change your friend group, you know, and it's like these things aren't really – you don't even think that they're a possibility before you start to experience it. A little by little, you know, so the yets are, are very real, you know, a big yet for me, obviously, is that I didn't die. And if you're listening to this, clearly, this is the case for you, too. But this is the road that addiction always leads to, you know, the three roads that that addiction or alcoholism leads to is jails, institutions and death. That's it with long intervals of misery in between those three things. You know, if you haven't experienced those three things yet, it settles for misery. But, you know, at one point, I had never been to rehab. At one point, I had never been to jail. And at one point, I hadn't overdosed and, and been close to death. You know what I'm saying? And all three of those things ended up happening to me more times than once but the, the amount I've, I've overdosed plenty of times i've uh gotten arrested many times and i've been to four different facilities four different treatment facilities now do you think when i started getting high when i was younger that i thought that this was going to be my path of course not you know and it's just a compilation of things over time it starts to snowball and and um you can't see it when you're first starting. And that's why I try to tell specifically younger, you know, younger kids that are just getting into this now. Um, it's kind of a part of the reason why I really want to start speaking at schools. I, uh, I really wanted to start going to schools last year, uh, maybe even no, a couple of years ago. And um, I got an opportunity to do, to do that one time and I was going to start basically campaigning to do that, you know, and then COVID hit and kind of put a stop to all that. But that's something I really want to do because 
it's one thing to tell kids to you know, to not not do drugs or not, not get involved, right? And it's like that that shit doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Just ask the Reagans about the uh, just say no, just say no campaign. For for those of you that are older, you definitely know what I'm talking about, and it just doesn't work. But I, I think at the same time there is still hope for for younger the younger generation that is just getting into this, right? Because kids are going to be curious and you can't stop it, but you just need to be real. You just need to talk about it from your own experience and um, give the warning signs and talk about harm reduction and talk about proper safety and and what's coming. You know, if you have certain personality traits and and certain signs. And so this is something that I'm I'm passionate about because I think a lot of People that don't have a lot of experience yet with with drugs and alcohol, and it's new, it, it it's like that it's like that um that shiny toy, you know. When you when you experience when you're younger, you experience something that's new and exciting, and um you just see the shiny toy, you know, and it's just a lot of fun, and you don't understand that this toy can end up fucking up your life big time. And so, you know, there's not enough voices out there that are real, that are able to convey that message without sounding like a a parent who's preaching or someone who is just trying, not being truthful about it. Because I think everyone would be lying if you said that drugs weren't fun or partying wasn't fun. You'd be full of shit. Otherwise, why would you, why would people get started in the first place? Of course, it can be fun, and of course, like when you're new, um, when you're younger, and experiencing this for the first time, and you have social anxiety, or you're afraid to uh, approach a girl, or you're afraid to approach a guy, whatever the case may be, these things, you know, the environment of a party and the social lubricant of alcohol and stuff, it can break people out of their shell, right? And it and it looks really attractive, and um, you know, you create memories with your friends and stuff. But but like I said before, you just can't see where it can lead to. And when you start to depend on it to solve your problems, that's when you start to achieve a lot of these yets, if you want to call it that. You know, a lot of stuff starts to happen that you just can't prepare for because you just don't know where it ends up, you know. And to be honest with you, a lot of the reason why I experienced a lot of the stuff that I did at such a at at such a young age. I mean, listen, by the time I was 15, 16, I was I was a full blown I was like a full blown addict. You know? Maybe not fifteen, but I will say from the the sixteen to eighteen range, one hundred percent. You know, I was already off the walls. And a lot of that was because of how young I started. And the fact that it was attractive to me at a really young age. It just became a daily, it just became my daily habit. It just became my daily ritual, you know? And so I hit bottoms even when I was just smoking weed, as silly as that sounds, but it's true. I did a lot of things that I did not, I was not raised to do, you know? I wasn't raised by my mom to, to lie and to manipulate and to steal and to go into breaking into cars when I was fucking 12, 13 years old. I mean, that's crazy, you know, like 
the stuff that I did just when I was smoking weed was insane. I was doing stuff when I was 12, 13 years old that people who are smoking crack and are desperate on the street are doing, you know, and that's just the truth. And that's why I always tell people like, um, everybody is different when it comes to addiction and substances, right? Cause there's plenty of people and I'm going off a little on the left field here, but, it's, but it's true. Like some people can smoke and just, and it's just that, you know, it just, it doesn't become a big, a big deal. Maybe it's a little bit here and there and people have moderation. I mean, I know plenty of people that, that get high on a daily basis, but they stay productive. They, if they miss a day or two, it's not the end of the world, right? They could still function without it. They can still produce and they don't steal <laughs> and they don't get a low sunken feeling when they, when they don't have it, you know, or, or when they, when they continue to use, there's a different type of person when it's like me, when I was 12, 13, I was doing stuff for bud that like people are doing when they're full blown addicts. And there's a lot of in between too. So, um, you know, it really just depends on the, on the individual and it comes down to self-awareness, but you know, there were there, I just kind of want to touch on that nobody thinks, nobody intends when you first start that you're going to change into a person that you're not going to be happy with. You know what I mean? It's a very, it's a very sneaky, cunning and baffling process. And it's devastating. You know, it's devastating to see what it does to families and what it does to um, what it does to friendships and relationships and um between between parents and their kids you know it's tough it's tough to watch and so um you know i i think i think there just needs to be more of an awareness of what is possible and for people to not kind of wave at the idea that it can happen to them because a lot of people don't think it can happen to them guess what it does scenarios change in life things happen and if you get stuck in a, in a spot where maybe you didn't have an addiction issue or things weren't really problematic yet but then your world turns upside down and some things happen and, and a few dominoes start to fall on one another a lot of people end up experiencing the, these things later in life or maybe you didn't have an addiction issue to begin with, like ever, you know, even when you were a kid, maybe you didn't smoke, maybe you didn't even really like to drink, nothing like that. You get into an accident when you're 26 years old and now you're put on these pills and forget it. Now you, now you don't know how to live without it. So it's a very tricky thing. You know, there's always yet, there's yet's for everybody. And, um, I think it's I think it's just important to to just because you might be in a spot today where there's a lot of things that haven't happened yet you need to be open minded to the fact that it's it's possible it could happen to you. Me and my uh me and my boy actually a couple weeks ago we were out in um we were out in California and um you know we drove by this strip and there was there was a lot of homeless people, you know, like right in this, um, 
right on this road and there were 10 set up and shit, you know, and, and me and him just looked at it like, damn, man, you know, it's just like, damn, like that's us. You know what I'm saying? Like literally that's us. There's no, there is no difference just because I wasn't living in a tent on the street. I was very close to, like I was right there. My boy was that. <laughs> My boy was living on the street of of Newark, which is one of the worst places you could possibly. I mean, it's one of the worst places that you could possibly live in. Uh, Newark is brutal. It's a war zone, you know. And, and uh, you know, it just hit. You know what I mean? It's like fuck, man. A lot of people out there that are living in tents and stuff, living on the street, they didn't plan their life to end up that way. You know, and uh, and things kind of just end up the way they end up. And when you're in those spots, you you think back and you're like, dude, how the hell did my, my life end up this way? How did it get to this point? And uh, and it's crazy. It is. It's, it's eye opening to think about. And that was one of the big things that happened to me. I remember the last time I got high, I stuck a needle in my arm. And I had never done that. You know, I had been doing heroin for a few years, but I had never uh, stuck a needle in my arm. And that shit was, that was a huge eye-opener to me. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that was a huge part of my bottom. That I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> I feel like I'm 20. I'm 20 years old. My rent is due in two weeks and I have no money. And I just spent my last $15 to get high. And because I couldn't get high the way I would normally like to, because I couldn't get that much heroin, I used the needle because I was with a person that it was accessible and, and, and he introduced me to it and I was desperate enough. That's what I'm trying to say. Things get desperate. When things get bad enough, you will do things that you did not think that you would do. And that was one of those moments for me. It was like, you know, it just, it was a huge eye opener. And I don't know what made, I don't know what made my, the light bulb in my head go off, but it went off. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man. Yeah, you know, I was walking home and like I said, I was just thinking about my situation. I had zero dollars. I had no money. Walking back to, to my place that I had no idea how I was going to pay for because uh, I was doing two weeks. And I just, you know, I just used, um, used the needle for the first time. And I was just like, holy shit, man. I'm 20 years old. I can't even take a legal drink yet. And I'm walking home and I'm like a bum, like literally, you know, it was raining out. I didn't have a car. I mean, I didn't have a car. I had the, I had the world's shittiest job, um, you know, making, making very little money, doing grimy stuff to, to get high, just doing whatever I had to do. And, uh, you know, I was walking home on this gloomy day and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, man. You know, I had 
Um, I had clothes that had a bunch of holes in it and shit. I mean, my, my shoe, my socks were wet cause I, they had holes in them and that's where it gets to, you know, not for everybody, but everybody that is in that spot didn't think it would get there. And that's the crazy part, you know? So you got to think about the yets, man. If you're early on and you're, or not, I mean, maybe you're not early on, but there's still a lot of yets. There's yets for everybody. If you're listening to this, there are, there are some things that are to come if you don't turn your life around. And the same is true for me, right? Like I've been clean, right? For a little while now, but I tell you what, if I go back, if I ever go back, I could say with complete confidence, uh, at some point, I'd end up right back there. If I didn't end up dying, you know what I'm saying? I, I would end up right back in that spot. Because, you know, if you're bred like me, and, and uh, when it comes to substance abuse, it's just, it's a different ballgame, man. There is no moderation. There is no control. Just the idea that we feel like we want to control something means that we don't, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't even make sense to me. I could never, I could never imagine a time where I would control my, my using. It's just, it's just not how I ever operated, you know, and that leads you down a very dark path very quickly. So, um, so listen guys, that's, that's what I got. And, um, you know, I, I have a, uh, yesterday I just went and I got a, I just went and got a phone, a second phone. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start opening that up for people. Um, you know, if you know anybody that, uh, if you yourself are struggling, you know, and you want to get clean, you want to go to treatment and you're desperate and, uh, or, you know, a family member that is desperate to get clean, you know, give, give me a shout. You send, you can send a text message and, uh, you know, we'll get something figured out. You know what I mean? My, the, the number for this phone for my phone is, uh, two zero three nine one seven eight eight six two. So if you're, uh, if you're struggling and you're ready to make a difference, man, I can get you plugged in with, uh, I can get you plugged in with treatment or, or whatever the case may be. If you don't have insurance, get you plugged in with meetings or uh, if you don't like meetings and, you, and you're financially stable and you're looking for a recovery coach, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But there's answers for everybody. So, again, you know, the, the number is 203-917-8862. And uh, as always, I hope everybody has a fantastic day. And um, just think about Think about the yets, you know, because everybody's got them. So hope you have a fantastic rest of the day and I will see you on the next one.